Andy Bell and Vince Clark are Erasure, a duo who have made electronic pop music for many years now. They've got a career spanning four decades. They've sold 25 million albums worldwide and are well known for their big hits such as A Little Respect, Sometimes, Stop, uh, their work, uh, as massive ABBA fans on the ABBA S collection. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. And have continued to have success me, through the subsequent decades uh, and have been releasing new music through the noughties right up until 2020. So today, on the day they released their 18th studio album, The Neon, we are joined by Andy Bell from the band to go through it, track by track. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and talk about it track by track. And today we're doing something very special. Yes. On the turntable this week, we have The Neon by Erasure. And we are thrilled to be joined today by Andy Bell from Erasure. Hello, Andy. Hi there. How are you doing? We are good. This It's great to have you on the line with us today on release day to talk about The Neon. Uh, how does it feel? I guess you've got a lot happening at the moment, but how does it feel to have a new album out today? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, this is for, for us. This is like really exciting. This is this is kind of the most exciting it's been for a long, long time. So, I don't know if it's because of lockdown or if it's because of the album. I mean, I kind of, I kind of put it down to the album because we've 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 managed to generate this kind of excitement, which we haven't had for quite a while and uh i think it's just maybe the order that the tracks have been released in so far uh two singles and one in between and then um yeah the third nerves of steel single with the with the um loads of the uh, the rupaul drag race crew so i think we've kind of managed to kind of um get people's interests uh pricked up a bit you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting, and I've seen posters on the street, which is what, which is unheard of. <laughs> but it's 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 strange because it, it, there is definitely an excitement about it, but also what a strange time to be releasing a new album. What a strange sort of campaign you must be on compared to the other seventeen studio albums. Is it? I think it is really weird. Yeah, I, I you know, I think I think I do think though. I think Erasure are really weird. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, for, I mean for for a start, the name's weird. You know, and it's kind of like. Um, but I've seen. I must admit, I've seen it more and more and more as we've had all these kind of like um, the BLM movements this year, and um, you know, talk of you know indigenous uh, populations being erased from the planet in Brazil and different places. I just see the name Erasure more and more and more, and I just think, well, you know, it's quite. I don't know. It's quite bizarre because because it, it was a very odd name for a band, really. So the album itself, this was written before lockdown wasn't it before the pandemic yes it was all um we'd written it in 
last year, probably, I, I think probably in, in about August, maybe July, August time, it was written. And then um, that was in, that was uh, Vince's music in Brooklyn. And I went to see him and as, as usual, we, we, you know, I just kind of grabbed the mic, start toasting top lines, you know, and, um, but this time it just seemed like something really special. I don't know why it was just, uh, I wanted something, um, that was kind of reminiscent of new wave, you know, but, uh, just that kind of excitement of, um, of being a new record buyer just that going into the record shop when you're 15 16 years old and looking through you know flicking for all the albums and stuff and i just love that you know i really i really really miss that but yeah so anyway it was um the whole thing was mixed in february march in um bethnal green by david wrench and vince and i were here for that too so yeah, we managed to get it all done somehow, just in time for the squeeze for when the lockdown happened. So it was a bit, it was very strange, you know, we had it all done. And it was like this completely like over the top enthusiastic record. And then all of a sudden this this thing happened, you know. So for me, it's kind of quite, um, it seems quite alien-ish, you know, the, uh, the virus, mm. covid I think it's this album is definitely it's been great to have the three tracks come out during lockdown and the pandemic because I think just some great new pop music is what we need and we 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 talk a lot about new music as well as um classic albums on the on on this podcast and I think we've been really enjoying anything that artists are releasing during this time because they're continuing to release and it's giving everyone something to Something to get excited yeah, about. Yeah, it's amazing, really. I think it's, I, I mean, with, you know, lots of the stuff that I've been reading, it really feels like a renaissance for, like, loads of, loads of bands. You know, and I don't know, whether, I don't know if it's specifically to do with lockdown, but I just think um, um, artists are kind of, um, are, are a bit psychic. So it's not, it's not that you know what's going to happen, but you kind of, like, it's it's almost like your subconscious tells you that that's, that something's going to happen, or you know, because I mean, we didn't, you know, it was, I mean, we had no idea when we were writing when we were writing these songs, saying, um, you know, walk through the city feeling kind and lonely, you know, wish for a lover's touch, and then, uh, mm. you know, want to sing hallelujah and stuff like that. <laughs> Just, um, you know, I think that it's, it, that's what happens to artists. I think. And then the the title, the neon. There's a kind of there's a bit of a meaning behind that as well, isn't there? Well, that's to me as well. That's like um, you know, because when I'm doing lyrics, I always feel I I always feel like I'm doing auto writing, which is what which is a lot of those kind of spiritualists do that, you know, in the in spiritualist churches and things. But um, yeah, for me, the neon is that evocative of those of that kind of like. Uh, science fiction meets um, spirituality, you know, and it's um, I do, it just refers me back to the fairground when I was a kid and like living in Peterborough, you know, we had the East of, East of England showground there where not much happened apart from seeing loads of tractors, you know, but <laughs> uh, sometimes one time they had the East of England Expo Steam Fair, which was like all the steam engines from all over the country 
converging on this one huge field, you know, and it's like really amazing and intoxicating with this, just like this, all this fairground music mashed into one. And um, yeah, I'm not sure whether they had neon in, in those, at that fairground, but you know, at regular fairgrounds where, the, where they have the neon, I mean, where we did the photos was uh, a place called God's Own Junkyard. And they are oh, actually yeah. a fairground, they're a fairground family. So they're, so they're all the neon they have there is they're restoring it back to how it was in the first place, you know. So it's kind of like, um, I just felt, I, I just, for me, it felt like the whole thing's really magical because it's like, because you've got this gas trapped inside a tube and the tube's already been bent into a shape like uh, creating a word. And then you uh, pass electricity through the gas and depending on the mixture of the gases, that's the that's the colour that comes out. And um, the fact that the fact that it was used for advertising, I mean, for me, it's um, you know I hate advertising, even though I love the poster being up in the street. <laughs> but you know, it's like just that constant advertising when you're online, you know, in your face all the time. I think it's I think it's a bit like pollution. But neon is just a really soft, gentle way of doing it. I don't know. I think we'd we'd agree uh, that the aesthetic for the podcast on uh, on on online is is ne- is based around neon signs. So yeah, we're big oh, fans. We're big fans oh. of that look. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great, great. The, the way you've just broken it down there, talking about how it actually comes about, that's kind of I'm, I'm seeing it in a new light now. That's that's uh, yeah. I mean, really amazing. Uh, also, you you know the kind of like um, the pinks and the blues. They're the ones that I prefer. We're, you're going to absolutely love our logo because it's it's pink and blue. So it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, sounds like a fantastic time to get stuck into the album. Uh, yeah. So let's kick off with side one, track one, and this is "Hey Now." I think I got a feeling. That song reminds me of, um, I mean, it was really strange because, you know, because the um, Black Lives Matter all happened at the same time when the single was going to come out, you know, we were, in the beginning, we were going to call it um, uh, Walk Through the City Singing Hallelujah. And then we thought, well, it's a bit, that, that's not really right, right on for the, for what's going on, yeah. you know, so uh, we changed the title, but it kind of, it kind of reminds me of, because it's uh, saying, um destroyed all the rumors with a stick of war paint mm-hmm. that reminds me of like walking through the city with a red glare flare you know those yes. flares yeah yeah that's kind of that's what it reminds me of so it is like a it is like a coming to a calling to arms kind of song um but at the same time it's like a it's about that instinctive feeling you know that you uh, uh, that you get being a songwriter you know and um I mean, when we before we started the album, you know, I had lunch with Daniel Miller in London, and I said to him, oh, "I've got this really, this really strong feeling about this album. I don't know what it is." And uh, I think that the "Hey now," I think I've got a feeling is just 
an, an indicator. We, yeah, it, we're huge fans of, of the sound. And this is, um, on these tracks, Vince was using some of the older synths as well, wasn't he, to create the yeah. music, which you can really tell on this track particularly. Yeah, he was. He he writes in soft synth and then and then uh, recreates the um, the written pieces with uh, analog synths. Yeah, and it's you can just hear so much. You can it's it's just a perfect blend of kind of a classic erasure, but a brand new sound as well. It does it wonderfully. Yeah, it's it's weird because I was you know I was hoping for and wishing for you know when you've worked together for so long. I mean, it's quite it was quite easy for either of you to come to become complacent you know and i was just i was just really hoping that vince would kind of come up with some um really fresh riffs i mean he does some he does some amazing riffs you know sometimes there's there are songs of ours that i'm not too keen on but i mean i get i get a bit i get a bit over commercial like on say one of our songs like sunday girl from light of the end of the world but um, the intro to that, to that, I mean, the riff intro to that song is incredible. It's like an ABBA song all on its own, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of my wish was just to have some kind of like um, really independent new wave riffs, and that's what we got. That's what he gave me, you know. And it's and it was great to see on the remix as well to bring it right up to 2020. You've got Nimmo, Philip George remixing it to really like currently quite hot yeah. sort of dance uh yeah i mean producers yeah, I, I mean to be to be honest as well that was that was the record company's um choices for those remixes uh neil neil blanket and um I, you know when i first heard them i couldn't understand them i was like oh my god i couldn't i, I couldn't get my head around them but then once i was drunk and it was like five <laughs> o'clock in the morning and then I listened. I was like, "Oh, now I get it." You know? <laughs> That's often what the remix is created for, isn't it? It's for the for the club, not yeah, for the kind of for the late 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 night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to track two, shall we? So this is "Nerves of Steel." Nerves of Steel is my favourite track on the whole album, just because it reminds me of, um, it's kind of like electro rock, and I can't wait to, I can't wait to perform it live. I think it's one of our sort of best ever songs. It's kind of in, in the vein of You Surround Me, but, um, you know, because it's got that sort of rip-roaring chorus, I just can't wait to do it live. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just one of those songs that's been kind of waiting in the wings for a long time, you know? Um, yeah, I'm so glad you said that because this, quite quickly, I'd say within a couple of listens, it became, at the same time, one of my favourite ever Erasure songs and one of my favourite songs of this yeah. year. It just, that perfect blend of... Um, it's great, it's, yeah. There's, there's melancholy in there, but it's the, done with yeah. electronics, which um, Will, and, you yeah. know, Will and I are huge synth fans, and we often talk about how some people people who don't like electronic music don't perceive yeah. that it can have feeling and i think right. anyone who says that to me i'm going to show them this song and say just listen to this right. 
<laughs> okay. The uh, and the the actual motor hotel is a real place in Atlanta, and it's a really trendy kind of hotel with a great cocktail bar, which where we went to. And then downstairs is the most sleaziest strip joint. You can <laughs> is that where the remix of Hey Now is playing down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we've got to talk about the video, which is just it's it's brilliant. And you know, yeah. like you mentioned earlier all of the, the drag artists that have that are in there. But I love the, yeah. the visuals, the colours in it are incredible. It just like jumps out of the screen at you. Where did where did the idea yeah. for that come from? I mean I have to be totally honest as well again, that was Neil Blanket's idea. He's the A and R guy from Mute. And uh, nothing was really mentioned about it. Um, it kind of sprung up out of nowhere, you know, and they, he, he said, well, we're going to get some drag queens in lockdown, miming to the song, you know. And, you know, if, if he'd have said to me or come along and said, oh, we're going to do this. Do you think this is a good idea? I'm, I think I might have shied away from it a bit. So I, I just my hat goes off to Neil for doing that because, I mean, it looks amazing and the colours are incredible, as you say. And Brad Hammer, the producer, I think they, they all did, did an amazing job. And I'm really grateful to them for the, for the, because uh, it really hypes up the song. Definitely. And I just think as well with, you know, Erasure's long-standing relationship with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. With the, with the buzz and excitement around this album, and then to have a music video like this as well, it's just fantastic yeah. to, to keep that message alive, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we've always, we've always like dabbled in dra drag. But we kind of dabbled quite badly, me and Vince, because you know? <laughs> we're because we're sort of ugly drag queens, really. So it's really nice to have like these people at the pinnacle of their beauty, like doing this video for us. You know, I thought you looked wonderful in the uh, Aberesk videos, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I mean, I think because it was comedy, that's that's probably why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I was brought up on drag. I mean, drag's my. You know, in London, when I first moved to London, you know, as I was just joining Erasure, I would go to all the drag pubs around the town and um, and just pick up my, um, you know, I mean, the way they de deal with hecklers and things was really good. And it, they they just kind of gave me that gave me that bravado that you needed for stage. Yeah, quite terrifying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to track three now. Um, so let's hear a little bit of uh, Fallen Angel. You've got to get them. You've got to do it. You've got to get them. down and to Atlanta uh, with the vocals because we were we were getting towards the end then on this track and um, it, I mean this this kind of like reminds me of like Human Me crossed with um, Jane Wielding or something mm, okay. you know yeah. we were we were um, uh, you know because we did the vocals in Atlanta it just felt like because I mean I've, I've co-written a track with Kate Pearson from the BBC oh. but it never came out it never came out but I think she might be working on it with Chris Braid. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think just being in Atlanta and knowing that um, the town where they come from, come from is not that far, is it? Uh, what's it called again? R.E.M. and Beef of Oh, um, 
uh, Georgia. Uh, no, um, Athens. Athens. Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, Athens. Yeah. So, so just knowing that was up the road, you know, and they have there's so many young bands there. There's such a young scene there. Um, you know, it kind of it just made you feel young, and it made made me feel like, uh, you know, we. I think one big thing as well about the neon is it sounds like a band. Yes, it does. Just the name, the neon, sounds like a band. So I think they've been quite clever in where they've kind of shrunk the name Eurasia in places and just put the just put the neon, so it looks like it's a brand new band with a brand new album, and that's really how we wanted it to sound. Like we wanted it to sound like it could be a brand new or a brand new band you know for the people who haven't heard of erasure here's a brand new band called the neon well I, yeah when you look at the thumbnail of the album cover online you can actually see the neon but you can't actually see erasure so that's yeah, what jumps out yes, at you yeah. yes 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 i think before anyone else steals that name the neon will you and i should uh, register us as the band called the neon it's a great name for a band it's, it's too good not to do something with andy we might need some help in actually making the music if that's okay and, okay, and, and yeah. learning how to sing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this song, though, it's such... I was listening to this earlier on on the tube and I could almost see a crowd, a sea of faces listening to this one. It feels like a real yeah. fan anthem. Um, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, that, that this, the upliftingness and also the, uh, the chorus talking about escalators and roller coasters. It just feels like... Yeah. It's, it, I, yeah. I, I would hope that this is it on the set list when when you do get to tour. Yeah, it makes you it makes you feel like you want to do it. It makes you feel like you want to you want to run up the escalator. Yeah, up the down escalator. Yeah, it makes you feel like you want to do it. It's quite funny because when we when we um, I just like worked roughly on the lyrics, and then when Vince came over, because I that first chorus I acted, I was so far up myself, and he said, "No, you can't say that." That's <laughs> like you know. <laughs> So he goes, why don't you say, I was so far off of myself. I said, oh, okay, then, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so shall we move on now to track number four? Uh, and let's hear a little bit of uh, No Point in Tripping. No point in tripping there. Andy, that's my favourite track, I have to say. I, and again, wow. it's the chorus yeah. that gets me every time. It's very, really euphoric when you get up there. I, can't, I mean, for me, it's sort of like, uh, reminds me of um, y- Yazoo on the verse mm. and, then, uh, and then Scissor Sisters on the chorus. Oh, yeah. Two of our favourites again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so um yeah, I do. To be honest, I don't really know what what it's what it's about. This song, it's kind of like more like a, I don't know. Just um, sounds like a punch bag love song, really, <laughs> which is no, it's not very good. There's, not very good thing to say. <laughs> you know, sometimes people need them. I love the phrase punch punch yeah. bag love song. There's a song title in itself there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, the the real playfulness, the lyrics on this one with the. Ain't no point in tripping, only good for tricking the mind. Yeah. I love that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's true, though. It's, I mean, it's, it's pointless, really. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how how much you love getting off your face. It's um, 
in the end it's all the same it's just the same experience every time so and there's a bit of there's a bit yeah. of a sort of juxtaposition between the it's very immediate the music and the vocal at the beginning very very immediate and then yeah. that chorus comes in as yeah. you said which is much poppier and also fantastic to hear your falsetto there as well <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i think it's straightforward pop that yeah one. which we love yeah so let's have a little listen to the next one this is of course we've heard this okay. one on the radio this is shot a satellite Shot a satellite there. That was, of course, was the second track unveiled from the collection as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Shot a satellite. I mean, it was quite. It was quite tricky for us uh, uh, with picking the first single, you know. But I did. I did think they made the right choice with Hey Now. But you know, uh, quite a few of the fans said, "Oh, they they preferred this one, the Shot a Satellite one." Uh, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's because it was more immediate. I'm not sure, but. Um, it's uh i said to vince in the studio um in brooklyn uh have you been listening to lady gaga vince and he said oh. no i said can i said can you swear that you haven't been listening to her he said yes i'll swear i said good because i don't want to have a lawsuit from lady gaga you know because um yeah this was i think it was written towards the end of the session but as soon as when i heard that intro riff i was just like wow you know and it kind of it just made me want to let myself go on uh, on the chorus, and that's what happened, you know. And just just the, uh, I'm not sure where shot a shot a satellite came from, but it kind of reminds me of um, of uh, I wanna lasso you with my rubber band laser <laughs> from Klaus Nomi. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great, yeah. and I love, and Will and I spoke about this before, love, and again, it's like you said before about going to the record shop, I love looking at the back of the cover and looking at the titles and just being so intrigued oh, by yeah. just the title, and this yeah. song did this for me before I'd even heard it. I thought, well, I mean, this, you know, they probably have, we'll, we'll have like a Space Invaders game of shooting satellites <laughs> out of the sky, I'm sure they've done yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure. Well, they've, they've done it anyway, haven't they? In real life, they've done it. Well, yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's like many things this year that have just kind of, the like things that have been in TV, films and games have just happened for real. You just couldn't, you couldn't make it up anymore. No, you can't make it up. No. You can't make anything up anymore because it's all, it's all been done. Yeah, it's uh, musically though, it's just wonderful. That initial, I almost felt, I almost felt it was quite sort of craft working and that quite robotic uh, introduction. Yes, yes. And then the O's um, that repeated throughout kind of give it some, um, yeah, give it a bit of humanity, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I love all those. I love all. The, I love all those things. That, that's that's what really reminds me of. Um, uh, I'm not sure which song's next, but but on Diamond Lies, it's kind of that's uh, what we do with a lot of these songs is wrote the backing vocals into the song. Okay. Because usually, usually we'll just usually we'll write the uh, just the, the top line melody, and then I'll kind of come up with the backing vocals 
after we've done the lead, you know. But this time we we almost wrote the backing vocals as well as part of the song. And I think that's pro- I think that's a lot what the Eurythmics used to do. Okay. I think I don't, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm sure it's a very educated guess, though. Will and I often come up with you know all sorts of theories. It's actually incredible to hear <laughs> yeah. that that's not a normal thing to write in the backing vocals. But but obviously it's done right. here. We we do we huge huge pop music fans. But uh, we're not musicians ourselves, as we often like to remind <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, you don't have to be. No, we, we share our passion for music. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's, let's move into track number six now, which is uh, Tower of Love. That was a little bit of Tower of Love there. I think it's. I think it sounds like the the one odd track that um, is a bit out of place on the album, but it's kind of because because I think it could be that song could be in an Erasure musical. That song, it's kind of like it's almost on its own. But um, a friend of mine, she asked if I would do if I would write a song about her. So it's kind of a loosely based on her. Um, yeah, but as I say, and it, and it refers to the uh, the tower and the tarot cards, which which is uh, you know it's kind of it doesn't mean it's a bad it's not a bad card, but it's it's a card of um, when uh, you have to kind of um, relinquish things in your life, or it, it's it's literally the Tower of Babel, you know, when it, when the tower comes crashing down, and it starts from um, you have to start from scratch all over again, so it's. So it's kind of about renewal, really, but um, that's that song's written in a fairy in a fairy tale kind of way. It definitely felt like that. Definitely felt dramatic, and uh, and as you said, it it felt quite um, I suppose almost theatrical, as you said. For it could work in a musical or something yeah. like that. This the story of waiting for a prince to come and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it came from that one because I think I think out of all the tracks on the album. That's probably the bleakest one. And do you find yourself, because obviously uh, yourself and Vince have projects on the go outside of Erasure as well. Does, do do yeah. they influence the work you do together or is it two very separate things? No, they definitely, they definitely do influence them. You know, and I have to be um, quite careful because uh, I find myself using lines from like, uh, like Torsten, this, this character that I've played, you know, but I, but I did play all the stuff to Barney, you know, we do have these really deep conversations. He's the, he's the guy that wrote the character of Torsten, Barney Ashton Bullock. And um, yeah, I played him because uh, when you see the crack of sunlight uh, run straight through the door, he, one, of the, one of the songs on Torsten is about uh, this vase that becomes cracked and the light comes through the cracks of the vase, you know? Uh-huh. So, you, so I do, you do have to be careful, I have to be careful, but that's how you develop your characters, you know, and that's how they kind of, how your ideas come to fruition, really, you know, is, is by working with other people and doing other things, you know. Yeah. And is Erasure the Musical something that you've ever thought about? 
Um, for myself, not not Erasure the Musical because I because I don't like uh, I don't really like jukebox musicals, but um, there is uh, an, a there is a musical in progress, which is called Ola Moore the Musical, which was which was a which was supposedly I've seen it once, which is uh, through the HIV crisis in the ninety in the nineteen nineties. That's where it's set, you know, and um, but it's with all young people playing the parts that are really amazing. So they're kind of I think they're starting a uh, one of those campaigns afterwards to raise money. Or oh, a crowdfunder. Again, those. Yeah, a crowdfunder. Yeah, I think once once the album's out of the way, I think they're starting a crowdfunder. But it but it's nothing to do with us. We just we just gave them permission uh, to use oh. the songs. Yeah, I think still Will, uh, Will and I would like to go and see that. So we'll definitely mm. keep our eyes peeled for that. So let's have a little bit of the next track on the album then. And this one is Diamond Lies. Diamond Lies there. Diamond Lies, yeah. It's, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a mishmash of a song. And it, it, um, it does remind me of Love is a Stranger, which, which, is, which is my most favourite Eurythmic song. And, um, but the subject matter is a bit cruel, I think. It's, a bit, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of at the same time as slagging off an ex. It's sort <laughs> of like... Um, it's sort of... Um, uh, maybe... Uh, alluding to the um, just the illusion of fame and kind of like, but it's all a load of nonsense and a load of crap, you know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, and all this kind of like golden ticket and trying to get into the golden circle and all this, you know, paying extra for like a bit of bump with a signature on it is, um, <laughs> you know, that's that that's what that song's about mainly. It's just like it's just the illusion of fame and then. And at the same time, this notoriety of this person that keeps turning up over and over again, that you don't want to um, necessarily see them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and is that based, is that based on someone specific? (laughs) No, I I, I couldn't say that. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) We'll all have our own ideas about that. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's great. I love the, the opening to it. It's kind of quite stark, just the, the synth, yeah, uh, and the vocal there—it's—it's it's, you know—it's very electronic, but it's quite stark. Yeah, as well. I quite—I I quite like that. I like—I I like that way that the, the um, on a couple of the tracks, it's just the lead melody and the and the lead synths playing the same melody. You know, it's just—I yeah. quite like that. It's just like doubling doubling each other. And uh, again, another one that if I saw the record in the shop and turned it around and saw this title "Diamond Lies," this is definitely yeah. one of the ones that I thought I oh. want to know what that song's about. Well, I have to say, in the beginning, it was called Goddamn Lies. And oh. the uh, the vocal producer, Ben Allen, said, oh, why don't you try and choose something more descriptive? So we came up with the word with the word diamond. I love these little tidbits. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all it's all little hints and clues, you see. Yeah, I got a scavenger hunt or something. So let's move on to track number eight now. Uh, this is uh, New Horizons. You're my saviour. Oh 
was new horizons a real changing uh sound with that one yeah that's uh, i suppose that's the most acoustic sounding song on the whole album because of the piano uh synth and also um uh, it's our most uh, the barest track on there and um yeah it's uh i mean it's basically a ballad you know ballad of uh wistful kind of like looking out um onto the sea or the river or whatever just um i think really about missing somebody and um but knowing that it's kind of um time to let go i suppose yeah mm. and and do those songs would that come together in the same way would would vince have had that melody and that piano sound already or does, do these slower yes. songs come together differently yeah he had the piano sound i mean i, I think i think the whole song was as one music wise yeah, and then we just start, uh, you know, when I'm singing, it's not necessarily uh, always the original um, melody that I came up with, but we kind of, um, we might try something maybe three or four times, like for a section, and yeah. then choose, which, choose what we think is the best out of, the, out of those four, I suppose, and then, and then glue them together, so to speak. But um, sometimes, you know, the best ones just come out all at once. And I love where this track is placed in the album as well. So it's, you know, just sort of track eight there and just yeah. as t- just a good time to slow things down, but yeah. not right at the end of the album. So it yeah, kind it's of like a little, a little breather. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like when you go to a gig and just before you get into the kind of the, the build, the climax and the encore, you've got something yeah. where which just brings it down a bit and kind of gives everyone some time to reflect. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's, just a t- it's just to smell the roses, that song. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Put your feet up and have a cup of tea and like clip your clip your roses or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you were putting this album together last year, then I suppose did you envisage taking it out on tour around the time of release? Yes, I mean we were, you know, we were. All the dates were there, you know. We had all the dates, and uh, of course that was uh, everything cancelled, you know. Uh, of course, it's all pending on um, reopening and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's move on to track number nine, and this is Careful What I Try to Do. I'm a cynic, yeah, but I would die for you. You said it by the feel upon your face. I'm never gonna call out what you say. I look shattered by the book. You never were defeated by a fool. So that was Careful What I Try To Do. A bit more melancholy, it feels, that one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of, I mean, that film, I was going to say, that um, <laughs> song, uh, it's really, it's about my Stephen, really, and just like the fortuitousness of meeting him. 
And, um, you know, he really looked after me. And uh, there were some extra verses at the end about him leading me through the club and we and having a private dance, but we but Vince took it off that bit. That bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but it was funny because his sister came down. Uh, she's called Stephanie, his sister. And we were in the studio and we played that song and she was like, she turned around to like, him and she goes, oh, you make me sick, because you know, <laughs> of the, because um, of the, you know, the uh, my uh, wishy-washy uh, romanticism towards him, you know. But um, yeah, it just it, it kind of reminded me more of um, like a CeeLo Green New Order type song. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, it was nearly missed off the album. You know, I I I had to remind the guys and said, hey guys, you know, what about this? <laughs> Because in the in the uh, the original title was the end, I said, "Hey, we've got to do the end. We've got to include the end." And then they, then once they played it and they heard it, they said, "Oh yeah, yeah." They'd forgotten about it because I think there were sixteen songs in all that we finished. Um. So what didn't of like the the sixteen tracks? Is there anything that yeah. you think? Oh, I wish that was on there, or I can't wait to maybe um, get that there well, as a B side or something. Yeah, there's 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 only a couple of those ones. Um, one one was called Time that nearly made it on there, uh, but it's a bit it's it's all sang in, in falsetto, so it's quite hard that one. Um, but and then also there's another track. Um, oh yeah, uh, how does it go on the chorus? It's uh, hearts full of love. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, we we'll look forward to uh, maybe in ten years' time the deluxe, uh, the deluxe anniversary yeah, yeah. edition, getting that yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I also definitely want to hear the extended version of "Careful What I Try to Do" and those extra verses oh, yeah. as well. Oh, right. Well, I hope they, I hope they kept those endings. I mean, also, I mean, we had double tracked the whole thing, the album, but Vince thought it would sounded too poppy, so we oh. took we took all, took all the doubles off and made it um, solo lead vocals. I do have to say as well the the actual the synths on this one I really love because there's just kind of lots of little effects dropped into that yeah. intro it's just little, yeah. different noises and things going on that you just kind of uh little synth stabs and things like that it's really yeah. great to pick them out yeah I mean for, on that song as well we really did meet in a nightclub you know I met my partner in a night in a nightclub but he was the owner of the club so oh. and I was doing I was doing a PA at the club so that's how the that songs came out so as I say, it's quite pop starry because you don't get you know many songs saying oh, I look so tired by the pool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we aspire to exhausting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's move on to the last track on the album now. So this is "Kid, You're Not Alone." Yeah, Kids You're Not Alone, um, it's a lovely song. It's one of those, again, where the melody, melody, the melody just came out and um, it, was, it, was that, it was that kind of, uh, I suppose, um, Justin Timberlake sort of Crimea Rivers type song. Mm. And um, uh, the subject matter was really, because uh, Vince's son came down to 
with us in Atlanta to stay. And I just imagined what it must be like to have a son because I don't have children, you know. So I just what it must be like, like the advice that you that you have to give them, and you know, you you know that they're going to hurt themselves, but there's nothing you can do about it. You know, all you can do is kind of tell them everything's going to be all right, and they probably won't believe you, but you know, mm. it's just that, it's, the, it's that really, all that stuff that um, I suppose I miss not being a parent, but um, we've got our dog instead. Oh, a furry baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a furry baby. Yeah. So, and uh, what, what breed is he? He's a Doberman, Doberman, a oh. red Doberman. Yeah, he's lovely. Angel, angel oui. baby. <laughs> Well, Will and I, uh, separately, I should add, are uh, yeah. both n- not having children either, but both looking forward to getting our own dogs, hopefully soon. Oh, yeah. So. Sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a rescue dog. Get a rescue dog. Mm. Yes, definitely should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy, before we finish up, just a quick question around, I guess, what are you listening to? What are you into at the moment? What music are you enjoying? Which music am I enjoying? Um, that's a really tough question because I don't really necessarily listen to anything new. I always go on. I mean, I love I love bad taste. I love really bad taste. So the other day, my friend sent me a version of Call Me, with, which was uh, Samantha Fox and Sandra together. Okay. <laughs> and and then um, also there's a fantastic mix that uh, Stephen found, which is Heart of Glass, Debbie Harry vocals with by Philip Glass. Ah. Yeah, which is beautiful. Honestly, it's a really beautiful version. So, yeah, I, I always like look out for those kind of things, you know, like really weird mixes and things like mm. that. You know, I'm always trying to think of mixes myself that go together really well, which uh, one was a um, a 12-inch version of SOS by ABBA, but it was, but it was uh, I mixed in um, I Feel Love, but it was from the version from the Gucci advert with just all the with a whole choir singing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, can, can we hear this anyway? This sounds so far up well, our street. <laughs> I need to get it. I need to get it like balanced really properly first. But yeah. Oh, God would love to hear that. And love just love hearing you talk about ABBA as well, of course, from way back with the ABBA-esque EP. But uh, we yeah. are big ABBA fans as well. So uh, it's lovely. I mean, I, I, we, we did. We did. Uh, well, I did ABBA myself out with that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the, with the whole project, I just it just abbed myself out. You know, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. You've kind of completely got worked it out of your system through the project. <laughs> yeah, it did. It honestly did. You know, I, and I had to like not listen to Abba for like twenty years. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that brings us to the end of the neon. Thank you so much for joining us and taking us through it track by track. It's so fascinating to hear some of the insights to the tracks well you're welcome I, uh, um I, I know it's um it's really weird you know trying to explain about songs and um it kind of feels a bit uh superficial sometimes but hey. oh it's been brilliant we love the kind of the thought process that goes into how tracks come together in the writing production and like the the song titles we talked about as well yeah um and for our listeners we hope you enjoy listening to the neon which is available um everywhere from today yeah do let us know your thoughts at track by track uk and of course ratings on apple podcasts are always welcomed and do join us tomorrow we've got another episode of our new music drop discussing our favorite tracks that are available right now as well as the neon which is available right now (laughs) So thank you again, Andy. And until next time, 
I've been Dan. I've been Will. I've been Andy Bell from Erasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Andy.